Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Wakes right to the last. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. In case you're listening to us for the very first time, you can find us on Audioboom, Spotify, iTunes and all major audio applications. Of course, we're also on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Instagram at Last Word on Spurs. And we are here providing you with weekly review of Tottenham Hotspur games. But although you'll find probably in these next couple of weeks, it will be daily with the amount of games we've got coming our way. So without further ado, we have to provide instant reaction to that game against Everton. I'm sure we'll provide you some therapy and try and unravel just where that game went away from us. How have we lost our opening game of the season? Please have alongside me firstly, the wonderful Lee McQueen is back on the last word on Spurs. Lee, how are you coping after that? Yeah, good, thanks. Good to be back. Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners. Uh, I had a fantastic weekend so far. The sun was shining today. Got loads of good stuff done, you know, with with my daughters and whatever. And then 4.30 turned up. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, eh? Yeah, we will. So much to talk about. Incredible. We had over 150 questions in from the last one on Spurs listeners, so thank you ever so much for them. So pleased to welcome to the show two guests are also providing you with free therapy over this next course of an hour. One of them, a regular, we're delighted to have back on the last one on Spurs. One of our (laughs) favourites, the wonderful Ricky J Norwood is back on the last one on Spurs. Ricks, I'm so sorry to do to you, mate. How are you? Ah, I'm all right, my friend. No worries. Listen, always remember win, lose or draw. We are always Tottenham. So, you know what I mean? All right, we've started a bit slow and a bit sloppy, but I'm here to back the boys. Let's have it. (laughs) Ricks, we're going to need you in this next hour and 15, I tell you. We're going to need this positivity. (laughs) Do you know what? I was so excited before the game. I can't tell you how buzzing I was 
I actually, you know, generally started to believe, you know, we could have a great season. Of course, you know, we're going to enforce it during this show, the need in the transfer market to go and address certain areas, you know. How many times have I said on this show over the last two to three years, Spurs need to do business, need to go out and improve this squad. We're going to get into it. I promise you we will. But delighted to also have on the show, making his debut. What a time to make your debut on the last word on Spurs. The brilliant comedian, Jake Lambert, joins us. Jake, I'm so sorry to do this to you, my friend. How are you? Well, I, I was all right, and I was very excited to come on. Um, and then, you know, an hour and a half of my day happens. And now I'm just hoping I have a better debut than our new signings, to be honest. Oh, mate, you know what? It's very true. Very, very true. That. It's, it's one of those things that, listen, we have high You will, hopes. mate. You will. Oh. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not hard. You know, it's funny. I know, you've got pl- I know you've got plenty of gags lined up for us, but you might want to gag us for the next hour and a half the way this show could go, because um, it's going to be a very difficult listen, I'm sure. But we're going to try and make it... I say it's positive. You know, on this show, if you've been listening to us for the last three to four years, we like to tell it real. We don't like to dress things up. We like to give a fair balance. You know, of course, the manager's always going to split opinion. Players are going to spit opinion. But the most common denominator of all is we're all Tottenham fans. We all want the best for the football club. And that's the most important thing, right? That's what we all want. So we're going to get right into this game against Everton. And Lee, I'm going to start with you because, quite frankly, as you mentioned, it was awful. Complete lack of idea on the ball. We didn't seem to have any legs off the ball, Lee. And if that's a sign of things to come, and purely reliance on getting a counter by chance, you know, Spurs, I tell you what, mm. we'll be lucky to finish in the top eight. And my biggest concern is, I mean, like a lot of people reference after that game, is that there's a real lack of idea on the ball, lack of energy, sharpness off it. Yes, LaCelso and Ndombele starting changes a ton of things, but... It may add invention and personally to possession, but there's a lot to do here, Lee. And this is the most awful start to a season that we could have imagined, isn't it? It's the worst worst case scenario, isn't it? And Lloris, I'll give a five. Doherty, a four. Toby, a three. Diary. Davis, a three. I thought Hoybert was a two. I thought he was awful today. Couldn't run. I think he was 50% fit. Winksy, a three. Sissoko, when he come on, a three. Delhi, Son, Berge, Kane, Lucas, all fours. Uh, Tungo, when he come on, three stroke four. I mean, it was just absolutely woeful. And the thing is, when, you know, in the first half, you know, we had we had a couple of chances, actually. We had, we, you know, Delhi um, uh, had a good chance. Dotty had a good chance. And, you know, it's a good bit of interplay. Second half, Kane was walking around like he was uh, was completely uninterested. Um, it felt like they didn't know what to do. Jose was making substitutions for the sake of it. It was glaringly obvious to me, and I'm not no, no expert, as I've been pointed out on Twitter a few times, but, you know, I'm just a fan watching the game, giving my opinion. And it was glaring obvious to me that we're getting overrun in midfield. You know, from a, from the first, what, 12 minutes of the game, 15 minutes of the game, we've seen the game and we're getting overrun in midfield. So, you know, I'm thinking we'll, we'll change it tactically. Not necessarily the substitution didn't change it, didn't change it until half time. And then when he did change it, he hauled Delhi off, um, who I thought was actually pressing the ball decent. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to bring in a, a, a central midfielder here, Sissoko, to come and kind of, you know, uh, shore that midfield up it. And then he puts in wide right. Uh, it was just absolutely bizarre. There was, as you say, no, there was no, there was no energy. There was no te- te- uh, tenacity. There's no intensity. It was more flat than a, than an ancient Egyptian bread. I'm telling you, mate, it was absolutely <laughs> awful. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, mm. It's the first time in five years that we've lost our opening game. You're at home, and I, like a clown, I said a couple of weeks ago on this very show, didn't I? I think we go unbeaten at home in the, you know, in the new stadium, and we've messed it up straight away. I mean, I'm dumbfounded. I'm normally Mr. Optimistic, and I don't want to have a go at everybody for the rest of the season and this, that, and the other. I'm just reviewing the game 
woeful and you have to get a reaction and and i think the, the the worrying thing for me you know what i'm like with kind of mentality and body language and that sort of stuff rick and the listeners know it, it was terrible you know people weren't tracking back but the, the gaps in that pitch today was unbelievable and with charleston you know if he could finish he could have had that trick today so i it, it was just it's hard to stomach we all watched it we've all seen it like and look like ricky said you know we're uh, you know we're Tottenham we're, we're back the boys but on that performance woeful ain't good enough mm. I mean you mentioned earlier for reference that you know from, from a Jose Mourinho perspective Spurs perspective Tottenham have you know it's the first time in five years that we've lost on the opening day for Jose Mourinho he's been defeated on the opening match day of a league campaign for the first time in his managerial career in what was his 19 such match winning 11 during seven of the previous 18 welcome before today. to Tottenham well, welcome to Tottenham oh, it's what yeah. Tottenham does to you Mm. It does it all to us, but it shouldn't it, be like that. I mean, but we're it, trying to change no. the mentality here. We're, we're try- this is the man that's supposed to be changing the mentality. It, it's really worrying. I mean, Ricks, we'll come round to you because the worrying thing for me is Rick that I look at that team today we play against Everton. They look like they wanted it more than us. I mean, there's just no natural balance in this Spurs side, and we now look like we're missing a creative source. And don't get me wrong, the Celso's got to come back here. But we saw the Celso last season play a much more withdrawn role. Spurs today, we looked predictive, easy to play against. It was just so grim. And I look at it, Rick, I think there's zero positives to take out of that game because it was just so limp, so pedestrian in attack and not exactly solid at the back. I mean, surely, Rick, it can only get better from here, right? Please tell me it's going to get better from here. I think, firstly, it has... Of course, it's got to get better from here. Um... Of course, it has to. It has to. The, the one thing that I recognize is that Mourinho sees, he does see the problem. He was frustrated. He was angry on the touchline. And which shows me that whatever they've tried in training, that they're not putting it on the pitch right now. So whatever, whatever they've worked on, even in preseason, Ricks and the boys, if we look at some of the preseason games and we know they wasn't the full starting 11, our, our strongest 11 starting in the preseason, there was a lot of press. There was a lot of that balance that which I was hoping for, i.e., for example, <clears throat> the Leicester game last year, where there was a lot of press, there was a lot of attacking in the first half. We've gone 3-0 up. Then we do the you know, thing where we can contain and we can control the football match and win the game. And and that's where I believe, that's where I believe our football is looking to go towards. Did we see any of that today? No, we didn't. Um, the, 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 it's tough. There was a, for, for me, the first half of Doherty, it was nice to see Doherty up there. For, for me, it was nice to not see the kind of the, the surge ball and the worry which comes with surge ball. So for, for Doherty's first start, you got to remember as well, he's only just turned up. He's probably had the week's training um with the boys you know he's eager to start he he probably you know was so excited in the first half and ran himself ragged in the first half that he ran himself out of pace in the second um and like like lee was saying it wasn't too many too many positives but straight away the first thing that i noticed in the first half was um winks seems to be very like he seemed to be very weak in midfield and you know, th- this season is going to be a very kind of like l- the spotlight's on him. He's been a he's been a youth for a couple of years, and we've we've given him time. And if he's starting his game, then we need to see more from him than what he's given. We need to see a bit of dynamism going forward. We need to see some tenacity on on the way back. Like, what type of player is he trying to portray? Like, the first thing that I was asking for was Sissoko to come on uh, for, for Winks after the first half. And the reason being is because of Everton and their business. 
You know, if we look at Everton, the the side that we played during lockdown and the side that we played today, there were two different sides. You know, they looked solid in defence. They looked calm and assured in defence uh, with Mina and Keane sitting there. DeCorey and Allen seemed to be doing the job massively in midfield for them. Gave them some bite, gave them some assurance in, 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 in front of their back four uh, with um, Alan playing. And then they had some creativity and, and high quality in Hamas Rodriguez being there as well. And yes, he could only last 60 minutes, but those three new signings have only been at Everton for the last three, four, five days as well, you know? So there is a difference in what we're seeing here. You know, those new signings for Everton have had four days of a plan and they're eager to impress and they're eager to show um, Ancelotti what they're about and to change the, the dynamics and the transition of Everton. And we didn't see that from Tottenham today, which was unfortunate, which was so frustrating. You know, Lucas, I saw one of the stats earlier. And Ricks, you might be able to remember where it comes from. I can't remember where it comes from. But um, Lucas, it was one last year that gave away the ball the most. Do you know what I mean? In the attacking third. He was the one that gave away the the, the ball the most. And he is, uh, for some reason, there's a love affair between Lucas and, uh, and, and Mourinho where he trusts him and we're not getting what we need from, the, from Lucas. I think it's the effort, Rick. You know, I'm going to let you come back in on that, Rick, but I do generally think he likes Lucas because he runs around a lot and it's the effort. And I think with Mourinho, what we've seen is watching this Amazon doc. Rick, tell us your thoughts on this. That I think if you are a player that gives absolutely everything, I do get a feeling that he'll actually sacrifice the quality and ability of the player if you're giving him everything. And that's what I mean by Poibier. You know, don't get me wrong. I think in time he'll be a good player, but let's be honest about it. There's probably a higher caliber of defensive midfielder Spurs could probably get. But we've gone for a Hoybier because he likes a player that gives you absolutely everything. And he actually puts that, I think, above the quality of what he's looking at as a a player. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, and and you know what? We trust that. And and I'm down for that. If if you're going to run for me, if you're going to give more for me, and if I see that, commitment from you then of course that that raises you up up in in the bar and in the level but one minute we've got Bergwin sitting there you know who who could who, who has got an end product who has got a cross in him who can beat a man as well who, who does have energy who has something to prove as well so why aren't we starting him I think right now like Lucas the spotlight is on Lucas this year as well as Winks because he's had a couple of seasons. Now, now we need to see more than running, more than just energy. We need to see more than that. Otherwise, we might as well have started Lamella. You know, like Stop. Lamella gives yeah. us that. So true. You know, so yep. so like we, we we need more from these players now, and and uh, and and that's what that troubled me with some of the some of the decisions today. You know. Yeah, I mean, listen, I got to agree. My biggest concern for me is that you know Everton. To be fair to them. You know, they've actually gone out and backed Angelotti clearly with the players that he wants. And I know Mourinho will probably feel again. We don't know this definitely. But for the players that Everton have brought in, the quality they've they've brought into their team, I'm just not too sure if that actually aligns to what Spurs have brought in so far. Don't get me wrong, Hoybier, obviously, he's been a player they've been looking at for a while. Matt Doherty, Spurs have needed a right back, we know. Joe Hart, OK, commanding voice. But look at Everton signings, and they seem to have gelled so quickly. And this was our biggest concern, that going into this game, why we were so confident was that we were hoping it would take Everton time to adapt, time to gel. But they've had less time than Tottenham. You know, in terms of working together, 
It's been literally days, hours, and they look a lot more of a complete side. And Spurs, I think we finished, what, between 10 to 12 points ahead of Everton. It's just really concerning. And coming around to you, Jake, you know, to be honest with you, I look at the team today and the result, and I just think Everton, sharper, hungrier, better organised, Pickford was commanding, two saves and a punch clearance, Allen was excellent, nicking the ball, redistributing it to James on his fine left foot switching to play, creating chances. You had Calvert-Lewin tirelessly running and timing of leap and power head enough to kind of put them in front. But with Spurs, we looked so ready to stay in our shape. We trapped ourselves. It was crucial to be able to take the game to the opponents in the Premier League. But Everton, they kept us so limited to counters and we had nothing else to offer. And again, we'll come on to it. The strange subs, you know, Mora, Son in the middle, we're easier to deal with in terms of his pace. I mean, there's just so many things here, Jake, that, you know, on the day, you just think, oh my God, you couldn't have made up, you know, what's been an awful start for Tottenham, an awful start to try and recover from now. Well, I'll be honest, Everton started making these signings. I started to get worried because I think we all saw the fixture list come out and we thought, brilliant. That probably couldn't have gone better unless we had maybe, I don't know, Fulham, not West Brom, that would have been one all. They've shown... <laughs> the advantage to signing these exciting players because I know that like we've signed players that will do a job but those Everton players will be so up for it especially look around and see someone like James Rodriguez sit there you're just going to up your game you know what I mean if you play with better players you're just going to be better so they were so up for it their tails were up and we're looking around and going well we've got two players in to do a job but no one really to excite us so I just think that I was expecting Everton to, to come out for 20 minutes and really go for it and then us just outclass them. But then I started to realise that we actually couldn't do that and I just started to look around and I, I like Lucas now and I'm one of the few Tottenham players who also likes Ben Davis because I think he's sensible and he's one of those players I think that actually it's until he's not there that he realise what he does which is not great for a defender but basically I remember when he got injured uh, last season and we really struggled without him. And I think he's a bit like Aaron Lennon. When we'd have Bale and Lennon, we were amazing. But if Lennon got injured, Bale couldn't really do it because we lost that balance. I think him being a bit sensible allows someone like Doggerty to, to push up a lot. So I quite like him. And I like uh, Lucas, I think, really shouldn't start. But I, he reminds me of when Mourinho was at Chelsea. Sorry to compare us to them. But, you know, like uh, when they, he had players like Kalu and Maluda, and they would just come on after 60 minutes. And just as you thought that maybe you'd be able to see out the game, suddenly this speed comes out and the defenders are knackered and they're going to get past you. So he's good for that. But another thing is, looking around at our team today, I think I was happy on paper and I was probably happy for about 30 seconds into the game that I realised all the mistakes. Now, Winks, I know you were saying that he's a youngster, but he's, he's 24. And Bergwijn's 22, and we don't see him as a youngster. We just see him as going to come on and do a job. But and honestly, I'm going to say this as a shout, especially yesterday after watching uh, the reaction to his performance for Norwich. I think I would pick Skip over Winks. Spot I mean, on, Jake. You're spot on. You're right. I mean, this is the worry yeah. at the moment. You're, you're absolutely right. You're spot on. It's a worry that some of these players, I mean, I don't know if it's gone to their head in terms of their rating. I, I just don't know. I mean, I've always said the team does need more investment. And we're going to come on to that. We, we definitely are going to come on to that. But, I mean, sticking with you, Jake, what do you think, you know, moving forward on the back of that now, are you concerned for the rest of the season? Do you think that's a, a one-off? I mean, <laughs> what's to come? What is to come? Well, I, it depends what happens in this next week. Because, honestly, the only person those players put pressure on today was Daniel Levy. 
didn't go anywhere near Everton, but certainly now they've gone to him. You've got to do something here because we basically most of them weren't good enough. Mm, so we, we were talking, saying what we need, left back, centre back, creative midfielder and a striker, which, by the way, people keep talking about us needing the striker as, as backup for Kane. But I think we need someone sometimes to play alongside him as well. hundred well, percent. But why do uh, this is what annoys me as well? Why are we using the term 100%, backup? 100%. But why are we using the term backup? Yeah. Why are we using the term? But everyone's using the backup thing. The drives backup, me mad. Backup thing is stuck. Yeah. Like you keep saying it. If everybody keeps saying it, everyone, yeah. the media, Jose, Levy, Steve Hitchin, the media again, or mm. back on the media again, rival fans, our fans. If everybody keeps saying yeah. it, you end up believing it. It's not and a backup. Everybody, not, yeah. and then an agent yeah. will come along and. <laughs> Go and, and I think Jose nailed this in a week. Agent come along and go, What you just want my player to be a backup? Yeah, but, and he's like, No, 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 I don't want him to but, but that's what everyone else is saying. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You keep telling Liverpool two years ago they're gonna be amazing. Guess what happens? They're gonna be amazing, mm. and this is the reality. Chelsea go in having spent all that money, you tell them they're gonna be vying uh, for the title. Guess what's gonna happen? It's yeah. not rocket science. You know, this is a mentality thing and a personality and, and, and a personality thing, a trait thing. Well, you've got to have quality on the pitch to be able to um, to, to be able to um, execute that. And today we didn't have any quality on the pitch. The whole backup striker thing is utter nonsense. We need a striker. One thousand one hundred and eight days since we sh- we signed a striker, and it's, it's absolutely unacceptable. But what I will say. Um, because I'm sure we'll get into it, sorry to kind of like go on a passion rant here, what I would say is we're going to have five strikers on the pitch today. Wouldn't it make no, no. difference? Because they were woeful. I've got to and say. They need to listen to this. It's no. absolutely yeah. unacceptable. It's so true. What we saw today. Mm. Oh, it is true. Lee, I probably want to bring you back in a second. I've just got to go to some of the listener questions. We had over 150 come in. Just want to read some statements. Brock Soccerball at Stunning Spurs says, a few points to make. Lucas is much better as an impact sub. Shouldn't be playing from the start. We were absolutely atrocious in possession. We quite simply got bullied by Everton at home. Awful Inexcusable performance on the opening day. Cookie at THFC, Cookie8boy8 says, Hoybier, Wink, Sissoko, all in together. How can Delhi be replaced by a defensive midfielder at half-time? Just a disastrous start to the campaign. Scott Mooney says, another game with zero creativity. Our midfield. How can Jose start the game with Winks, Pierre, Ali, Mora, all on the field together when all four are poor passers of the ball? What will it take for this club to get a grip and play creative players in the midfield. DAC says, how is it possible that Dr. Tottenham can make one of the worst keepers in the league last year, based on a save percentage, look like a prime Casillas, with a lineup that includes Kane, Deli, Lucas, Son, Hoybier, Alderweireld, Doherty, nonetheless. Gavin at Gavin Spurs says, we could have conceded three or four, overpowered in midfield, terrible up front, Nothing at full back or wings. No energy or pace. I just can't see how this gets fixed. Everything is broken and the star players not just doing it. Luke at Luke Sloan says, The squad needs an overhaul. We have either sold and not replaced Dembele or Eriksson or kept hold of players who have declined, i.e. out of our old rows. Our second choice players are now starters. Dyer, Davis. They were second choice for a reason. Too little, too late, I fear for us this season. I think we have to reference that. Listen, we are only one game in. We are recording hours after. So please forgive us for the passion that's coming across here. We are all, as you can tell, really frustrated, really angry. We had such high hopes. And I think one of the things that, at the moment, Lee... Um, fans would have been concerned about is look Jose Mourinho is not mm. for everyone I have to make that point you know we've got 
Sam yeah. at Sam J Mosey here who says, how has this mentality gone so far that it's even beyond Mourinho's ability to repair? And JLT at Spurs mm-hmm. Lou says, I like your show. I listen to it every week, but I hate it when you keep saying Mourinho is the best in the world and a serial winner. Well, the truth is, Lou, that he is a serial winner. He is one of the best managers in the world. We appreciate he's not for everyone. We know fans love Pochettino, but he is our manager. We have to back him. And one of the things, Lee, that is massively concerning is the decision to bring on Sissoko for Delhi to play wide right at half-time. You know, surrendered any sort of attacking dynamism we had. And many will feel like Mourinho got it badly wrong. But after the game, he told us that it was a tactical switch. It wasn't injury-related. He did that on the basis that it just wasn't working for Tottenham. In hindsight now, mm. looking back a couple of hours, can you understand that substitution? Well, it's not even in hindsight from wh- from where I'm looking at it because, um, you know, I didn't I didn't understand. I understood the, 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 um, the substitution in the sense of we were getting overrun in midfield. It was glaringly obvious, right, like I said earlier. And it was 3v2 in midfield. And I thought at, at halftime he's sacrificing Delhi. Um, bringing on Sissoko and, and Sissoko is going to sit in there, um, you know, not, not sit, sit in and be a CDM, but, you know, just pack out the midfield a bit, you know, go narrow and pack the midfield a bit more. But he didn't. He played him wide right. And then after the game, he came out and said it was a lazy press. And basically, he was calling Delhi lazy in the press. I've got to be honest with you, lads and the listeners. I actually thought Delhi's pressing was probably, you know, as good as anyone else on the pitch. I don't, I can't say it was good because no one was good today. But, you know, I think it was good on the pitch. And, and, you know, actually, if you think about it, we had a better first half than the second half. We created more chances in the first half than the second half, as you just alluded to with Pickford and his punching and, you know, the save from Doherty and Delhi had a chance himself. Delhi goes off. Sissoko plays wide right. So we haven't solved the 3v2 in midfield situation. And we've totally given up on our, our creativity because Delhi was the one that was potentially creating and getting into some decent pockets. So it was a bizarre situation. It was almost like, look, most of us, if not all of us now, have watched the, um, you know, most of the episodes and, you know, you've got a few more episodes coming um, of All or Nothing. So we've seen behind the scenes, right? We've seen in the dressing room to a certain degree, haven't we? We've seen what they're, what, you know, what, what how, how they react and, and, and how certain players react and how Jose reacts at half time and whatever. And I just didn't see any reaction from that, from, from, from any of our players when they come out in the second half. In fact, it, it obviously got completely worse. So, it was a bizarre situation. Uh, 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 I wouldn't say it was a bizarre substitution. It would become bizarre when Sissoko played wide right. It was just weird. Ricks, coming back round to you, Mourinho after the game was kind of running through the players and you know his thoughts on their performance. He says, you look at Doherty, a player who is normally in incredible condition. He didn't have a pre-season. He went direct from holidays to the national team and he played two consecutive matches. And today he was not the Matt Doherty. I have to get his name right. Matt Doherty, like he normally is. Mourinho went on to say, Ricks, that he did not like the team today. But he complains about the position where Everton took their free kick from. He makes a point in saying that he didn't like his team. I didn't like that some referees on the touchdown allow a free kick to be taken five metres ahead of where it should be. I mean, you look at it, Rick. He goes on to then say that, you know, in terms of the physical condition, some of the players in the squad had COVID. I don't want to say he's making excuses already, but... Are you concerned already in terms of the, the messages he's sending to the group? I mean, is he going to get the best out of this, these players this season, Ricks? We saw Pochettino go in November because he couldn't motivate the group and they weren't listening to the message. Will this group eventually understand what he's trying to sink through to them? Will that happen? One way or another. Um, will it, though, Rick? Under this manager, will it happen? I'm asking you, will it happen under this manager? It, I, I think it has to, Ricks, because he, his reputation is on the line as well and the, the thing all right look all the excuses are deflections 
for the press, for the for the media to talk about, bro, and we'll let them eat that up. Do you know what I mean? We know that those four yards, that's just a mini excuse. And uh, I'm sure that he said that, you know, it doesn't mean that we should have, like, uh, he's not blaming it for the result or, you know, or anything like that. But he was complaining about the four yards. Whatever. That is for the press to eat up, Ricks. If he didn't like the, the starting lineup, then obviously, you know, there's something else going on there. But from what I am seeing with this team, first and foremost, like, from what the bits that I've seen from all of nothing and stuff like that, he he's honest. And he does see, call it out. You know, they're not afraid to call it out. They're asking to be a lot more meaner with each other. They're asking a lot more of each other. We did not see that today. And they're going to get it. And sometimes, like my dad would say, sometimes it's good to have a loss for them to get, like, the, you know, a kick up their backsides a little bit. If Mourinho didn't like it, then, you know, obviously something else must be going on there. But for me, bro, it was like, like, like every, every man is, and everyone has seen, Sissoko coming on at right midfield didn't help us. I think what was clear for me is that uh, maybe like a 3-5-2 is going to work better for us because it seemed like Toby was the only one defender at, at, at times. Uh, if Dyer wants to prove himself as a centre-back, we need to see him as a centre-back. We need to see him dominating. And like the, the header, you know, maybe he didn't judge the header which Calvert-Lewin scored and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, bro, there was there, there's bits... And pieces, and and I I do see the biggest thing that this has done is shout to Levy that how far we are behind because you you know Everton's midfield and their signings Alan Decor and and Decore um, they totally outclassed um, our midfield. That's why it was an obvious sub to make Winks for Sissoko just to give us a bit more muscle in there, just give us a bit more bite. But then he brings him on at right midfield, and everybody's scratching their head. Again, like I wanted Bergie on for Lu- uh, for Lucas, and 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 for me, like um, um, Lee was saying about Delhi, Delhi was I thought Delhi was doing all right, but in my head I was like, take him off 60, 65 minutes, bring bring on Endombele, and and let's see how how, how that would roll, you know. Um, but I don't know. I think I think the timing of the substitutions were probably a brave thing. It's not what we would see from Poch, and it was good to see him attempt to change this game. But there were a couple of things. Hoiberg were left, was left by himself a couple of times, you know, and, and, and so was Toby. And, you know, there's, there's so much room for improvement. For me personally, I really think a 3-5-2 is going to help us move forward. It's difficult, isn't it, at the moment? Listen, we're all so frustrated. We're all so angry. And I think that can tell on a podcast that we want to be honest as we can. You know, we're not going to dress things up on here. We always try and tell it as it is. And, Jake, coming around to you, I mean, as I keep saying, what a time to make a debut. Kelly Robinson says here, to me, we look so disorganised with a real lack of clarity on substitutions. What are your thoughts on the overall organisation of the team? I mean, are you seeing anything at all, Jake, that kind of give you hope that, there's something to build on here. You know, the mentality is such a big thing that we've spoken about on this show over the last 12 to 18 months. The lack of it, the amount of individual errors we're making. Is there any sign to you, Jake, that it's going to get easier and Mourinho can organise this team? Is there anything you can give us any hope, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> that no sounds like an SOS-like, kind of save me, Jake, save me. <laughs> save us. Well, I'll be honest. I was also confused. I I felt like it. The problem is we we sometimes you know we've been watching all or nothing and we appreciate uh, Mourinho's honesty, but maybe the players don't. So, for example, him calling out Delhi seemed unnecessary because I, I think the four of us could all agree here. We all thought Delhi was doing all right. 
I was happy with what he did. Also, yeah. you know, Delhi stepped into Lascelles' role. Basically, he had to do that job, otherwise he wasn't going to be on the pitch. And I thought he was doing well. And actually, what I didn't like from Kane, apart from, you know, he wasn't, his attitude didn't seem to be there. But when Son made that run and he played it through Delhi instead of Kane, now, I know that because Delhi didn't score, we'll admit that. And also, mainly, you should give it to Kane. But I just think, actually, Kane turning and shouting at Son, what does that also do to Delhi's head? Delhi's had Kane shouting at a player saying, don't give it to him, give it to me. And then Delhi's had his manager saying that he wasn't good enough. But we're thinking, well, he, I, I think he was our best player. And then another thing I think is insulting to Bergwijn, to be sat on the bench and then them go, oh, yeah, you know, you're there, you're brilliant, you scored a goal on international break, you scored a great goal for us on your debut, yet we're going to put Sissoko out there and see if he can do it, which we know he can't. So, so I know you asked for an uplifting answer, I've sort of done the opposite. Um, what can I give you? What, what I can give well, you? John, John, I'm going to ask you, Jake, what I am going to ask you, look, look, we're going to finish on this point, Jake, because we have to move it on to the game itself, but I just want to quickly talk about the investment part, because I know people are screaming at the show going, you're half an hour in, and you've not even mentioned about the key here, which is the lack of investment in this team. Now, I'm sure people were quite happy, the fact that we had moved early, we got Hoybeer in early, Joe Hart, I know that one, again, again, that transfer, definitely split opinion. Some weren't fans of Joe Hart. For me, I looked at it on more of a leadership, vocal perspective, not that he's going to play every week. Doherty, he's been up there in one of the most performing right-backs in the Premier League. You'd accept that one. I know many wanted Pereira. That was going to be, always be very difficult. I know it was top of your list, Lee. But to stick with you, Jake, you know, I said this to you off air, that if anyone thinks an alternative striker is going to be enough for Tottenham this season, then that could not be any further from the truth. I look at it and we need, for me, not only a striker, we need a proven central attacking midfielder because Lacelso, when he's back, he plays a withdrawn role. He doesn't like to play further forward. So I think we're putting a lot on him. And Dombele, we're not sure what's going to even happen with him yet. Centre-back, again, Dadaia and you know Sanchez partnership, even with Alderweireld, those three, they've all got rickets in them now. And I'm not just saying that as a knee-jerk. They have got mistakes in yeah. them. So that's a problem. And left-back, look, I love Ben Davis. He's reliable. He's dependable. I'm like a broken record saying it. But he doesn't offer us enough in that final third. He doesn't go over the halfway line. That's not me criticising Ben, because that's what he can only do. But I feel like if we don't go and get the left-back, the central attacking midfielder, the striker, the centre-back, I know those four are not going to happen this window, but I feel like we're always going to be chasing our tail. Do you know what I mean? We're always going to be the same. I, sometimes it blows my mind. Like, for example, the fact that Danny Rose is still there is mad because I sort of think all the money you can save by getting rid of these people, even if you just go about the contract, just stop paying them every week, do whatever you need to do. We're not going to get much for Danny Rose anyway. But I think they need to just make a big statement. For example... I mean, the answer is obviously Gareth Bale. You put Bale in at any side and they're going to win things. And in that team, it's going to work. That left side does need help. So put Bale in there, put him in the middle, put him anywhere you want, put him in goal, he'd probably be brilliant. But the thing is, we've got to sort of capitalise on what's happened. You've got to think about the fact that we've got this Amazon documentary now going out, which obviously means that in America, we're getting, you know, probably a big group of people paying attention now. We've just signed that Alex Morgan for the women's team. And she's, she's huge. She's, um, she's got more Twitter followers than any of our players. So it's massive. So you've got to think about shirt sales or even just the popularity of the team for that. So we've just done this deal with Amazon to get some our, our, our merchandise available on, the, on their website. Not everyone's going to be buying it this week. And then I think, why are we not just going, look, Amazon, <laughs> just 
just name a stadium, give them name and rights. Just think how good that would be. All the money we get. I know they don't pay tax, but Mourinho said we've got to, we've got, can't be the good boys anymore. So we'll just go all out and just be the bad ones. We'll get Amazon. Imagine that. The Amazon Stadium. People go to the Amazon. Players can come out to welcome to the jungle. It'd be amazing. Yeah, Imagine no. I, I, Am- Amazon Arena. Amazon Arena. I actually pulled this uh, about guys, six right. months ago. Um, and there was like 6,000 votes. It went a bit mad. And the, and the winner was Amazon Arena. Yeah, welcome then, to the jungle. Go down the Amazon. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's I, it. Imagine that. Welcome yeah. to the jungle. We've got something be brilliant. It's the Amazon Stadium. So, you know, these uh, these uh, like big music stars, the boxers, they're going to want to play at the Amazon Arena because it just sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got the rumble in the jungle. Anthony Joshua's going to come to the Amazon, isn't he? <laughs> we hope so. Listen, the way this... And then we serve up that dross. Oh, then, my God. The way yeah, the jungle we, is going, I'm not sure I want to be in this jungle. Serve up that dross today at the Amazon Arena. Good honestly. Lord. I mean, <laughs> Rick, I'm gonna, Rick, I'm going to bring it's it around to you. Me. Rick, we've got a question here from Debo1980 who says, is this a sign of things to come or a wake up to the players, manager and board? Michael at Mick0B says, when does the board start to realise our transfer policy isn't good enough? This squad needs investment, not on youth like Cessna Young and Clark. We need proven players. Matt Martin at MJ Martin says, a total lack of creativity and just can't break teams down. Isn't Dombele or Celso the answer? Or is there an argument that our creative midfielder has just overtaken our desperation for a striker right now? Shameful. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, Ricks, that are angry in terms of the recruitment, the nature of the players that we're going for, the lack of bringing in real quality stars. Can you see, Rick, this being improved before the deadline? Yeah, I can. I've got a little bit of hope uh, that Mourinho and Levy working together and penny pinching with, with the signings that we've already brought in to, to, to fill the gaps that we needed filling, um, I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm, I'm, I'm believing that they're going to pull some rabbits out of their hats. Because, again, Everton showed that, that not only was the investment needed in their midfield, the, the quality of signings, um, because the, the quality showed today. So if we can step up to the plate and get some actual decent quality, then we can start playing this game. Like you, like you was talking about left-back, like, this um the, the Real Madrid left back, Seville left back, was his name Regulon? Like this guy looks Regulion, dynamite. Regulion. I think yep. he would work Regulion. Yep. I think he would I, I think I think he was tremendous in a in, in a in a three five two. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like or or or, or as the, the, the left back there. Do you know what I mean? As an alternative left back. We need the investment. We're all frustrated, Ricks. We're all as fans have seen certain players pass us by um year in, year out. You know, last, I think last year it was like Telemans and Dybala. And th- there's a hundred players that we could go on the if, shoulda, woulda, couldas, um, you know, um, players. You know, we're still waiting for Damio to turn up. Leandro Damio, ain't we? Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> and Morientes you know, and so Suarez a, there's, and there's, Messi there's a lot. and Hazard. Oh, my Lord, don't do this to me, Rick. Honestly, mate. <laughs> In the second half from, from Digne. Who I've been banging the drum on the left back. Right, we're talking about Regulon or Rulion, or whatever his name is. You know that you know Denier, proven Premier League uh, player, assist more assists than any other uh, left back in the Premier League behind uh, the other two superstar fullbacks at Liverpool last year. And he's putting a wonderful cross to, to get another assist on on the opening day. You know, that, and, and that for me is where you're looking at. You know, I was really pleased with the signings, proven Premier League signings, Hoiberg, proven Premier League signings, Doherty. He's not match fit because they ain't had a pre-season. Play bloody Serge Aurier. Look, not being funny, like, I'm not Serge's biggest fan. But the reality of the situation is Joe said, I want him if we can. If we sell him, we sell him. Play Serge Aurier then today. He was there. 
he was like giving it, you know, the, the, the signs and all that sort of stuff. He was going into the, the ground with Ndombele. So he, he was there today. So why play Doha? And Serge is, because, you know, there was no time to, you know, gel the new signings, whatever. They're proven Premier League players who just hit the ground running. I totally agree. I totally agree. Listen, we've got to go for a break. We are way over time. We're going for a break. When we come back, I'm sorry to do this to you. We are going into this Everton game. We're talking about individual player performances. And we've also got Plovdiv to come on Thursday. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this very much needed break. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. For those that are listening to the second half, thank you for sticking by us because that was a tough first half. I mean, we don't normally do 40 minutes at the start of a first half. So um, everyone's laughing here. Listen, we're trying to find some kind of positivity. We've absolutely unloaded on you for that first half. So thank Come you on, so you much. Spurs. Come you, on. You're probably overdosed now after what we've done to you. So all joking aside, you know, please take some standard medication. Don't go too crazy because um, we've got a lot of games to come. And we do need you with us for these games. So just try your very best to stick with us. I promise you it will be worth it. I promise you there'll be something at the end of it. There has to be, doesn't there, as Spurs fans? God, from what we've been put through, there has to be. Rick, I'm going to start with you for this second half because we saw Jose Mourinho's team selection where he handed competitive debuts to Matt Doherty, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg for the first game of the Premier League season against Everton. The two summer signings were in the starting eleven with fellow newcomer Joe Hart on the bench for Jose Mourinho's side. Alston Paolo Gazaniga from the backup spot to Hugo Lloris. Giovanni Lo Celso faced a fitness test and was struggling with a hamstring problem throughout pre-season. He didn't make the squad. We knew Jaffet Tanganga was out for a while in what Mourinho said was an important thigh injury suffered during the pre-season. Harry Winks returned to training this week after being withdrawn from England duty and the Spurs boss had gone with him over Musa Sissoko to partner Hoybier in midfield. And Doherty has had a week of training with Mourinho and he started ahead of Sergio Aria. Coming round to you, what did you make of that team selection? And would that have been the team you would have gone with, bearing in mind, of course, on Twitter, the polarising opinion when Spurs do put that team out? I was really happy to see uh, Doc and um, Hoiberg st- start start the game. Um, I was really excited to see what they was going to bring to the team. Um, I, 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 I was encouraged first half to see what uh, Doc brought to the team. It was nice to see him flying down the right wing and it was... It was nice to kind of not have a heart attack about a red card. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for for, for me, it was nice to see him um, doing so well in the first half for about 20 minutes. And then obviously there was the game. The game started to uh, to, to open up and there was a lot more battles there. And, and again, for me, I, I was just trying to see how he fitted in. But I, I'm not going to judge him and I'm not going to condemn him on, on, on his first um, on his first game. I would say it's encouraging. I would say that there's a lot more to come from him. Um, Hoiber, I kind of feel that he was he, he was almost left middle by himself at times. Like I felt that he he was left to kind of deal with things by himself and was kind of outnumbered in midfield by Everton and overran run sometimes. Um, he showed a lot of energy in 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 the first half and at times, um, but he just seemed a bit out of step. So again, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to judge him we, we, and condemn him. Um, we needed uh, that type of midfielder in there. But I think we need more. I think we need more in the midfield altogether. Like, um, so, yeah, when I, saw the, when I saw the lineup straight away, I was, I was hopeful. Um, and first started, when it first kicked off for the first 10, 15, 20, I was hopeful. But then, you know, the cracks started to show here and there. And um, 
Yeah, and and when when that second half came, when they came out for the second half, straight away it just looked like I just felt it straight away. It felt like we were just waiting for them to score. Like we've just said to them, like body language and and energy wise to kind of be like, yeah, okay, Everton, we're gonna let you score now. And um, so yeah, it was almost predictable when that goal went in. I I, I wasn't even that upset. I was just kind of like. I knew it was going to happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, like I say, sometimes it's good to have a loss at the, at, at the beginning to get that kick up the backside, to realise that, you know what I mean, a lot of you need to wake up and we need a lot more. And that's what I saw Mourinho ask of the team in the documentary and and in certain uh, press conferences. And I think he would demand more. Like, I think that everyone's going to start demanding more because... The points are on the line now and everybody's buying. Like, there's a lot of good teams out there. Everton are showing to be a good team. We mm. haven't seen Chelsea yet. You know, Newcastle, they, they got two goals and a clean sheet um, yesterday. You know, so there, there's a couple, like Palace got a result. You know, Liverpool and Leeds, that was a that was a rocker. It doesn't look like Leeds are here to be no. trod all over. No, totally. You know, so yep. every single game is going to be a battle. So we're going to need to step up real, real quick. Mm. Just on that team, we've got to say Spurs actually starting a familiar 4-2-3-1 system with Doherty very, very high. Son left, Lucas right, Deli at number 10. And very early on, Ricks, as you kind of mentioned, we saw a massive let-off for Spurs. Terrible pass from Davis, lets Richarlison in. Yeah. Alderweireld almost brings him down, as does Lloris. But the Brazilian beats them both, only to fire over an empty net from a tight angle. And Spurs could have been one down very, very early on. We then actually saw Spurs have a great break, um, ending with Pitford tipping over from Deli Alley. It felt like from this angle, Kane was the better option for the pass from Son. But so close also to Doherty getting a debut goal from a lovely chip pass from Kane. So the first half really, you know, it was a fairly even balance. I think Tottenham grew into it again, starting ever so slow. And coming around to you, Jake, we then see Deli Alley, you know, hauled off at half time. And he was he was actually put through, as we mentioned, on goal by Kane, but chose to pass to nobody instead of shooting. You know, was you surprised Jake came off? I mean he huffed and puffed with not much end product. I feel in a way it was quite harsh that he was sacrificed. Can you understand that, Jake? Yeah, I, d- I don't think he should have come off, but I do, I do think. And since watching like all or nothing, you do realise obviously a lot more goes on uh, than we think. You know, we we don't know. I know Jose said some stuff about him, but maybe there was an agreement that he couldn't play a full game. Maybe he was he wasn't quite match fit. I don't know, but it seemed like an odd choice to me. And I mean, there's been many times, even when Poch has been there, that you know we're all screaming for the obvious substitution to be made. And then they'll just do something completely different that we've got no idea why. But that one just blows my mind. There was no reason for Sissoko to play on the wing and there was no reason for Delhi to go off. Um, I don't know. I think he was a player who was fighting for it and he was one of the only ones that looked like it. So I was just disappointed with the whole thing, to be honest. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be positive and I can't. Let me try and find a positive quickly. Um, um, uh, (laughs) If Kane and Doherty carry on like that, that would be great, I reckon. Um, Yeah. Because that, that ball over for Doxy to be there was, a lovely move and, was. I mean, a lovely move, yeah. Nine times out of ten, I reckon that goes in. I mean, mm. it could have gone through his legs. That could have gone anywhere. And I think yep. Doxy probably thought he'd scored. Um, sorry, I, I think... Jake, very quickly, I'm going to ask Lees as well in a second. But we saw Sissoko coming after the break. And he started off as a right winger before moving infield with Winks's exit. And then became a right wing back of Salks late on. Worked hard with very little end product. I mean... Again, with Sissoko, he gets so much criticism, the same as Ali, these players. 
what yeah. kind of season are we expecting? I mean, listen, the window is still open. I have to ask you, if a good offer came in for either Sissoko or Deli Ali, would you consider it? I'd say not for Delhi. I think we'll regret that. But I, to be honest, I, I've, I've not ever really been a big fan of Sissoko. I don't really know what he is. Um, I'm not sure he knows. There was a while when he played on the wing and he, he sort of did all right for a few weeks. But I don't really know what he offers. And I think, again, I keep going back to it, but in that documentary, we all saw it when Jose found out that Sissoko is a big personality in the, in the, in the, in the changing room. And, he, and he, he swore and he couldn't believe it. And he probably also thought, that means I can't sell him um, because obviously he didn't want to be hated straight away. Um, so I would be happy for Sissoko to go, to be honest. But Delhi, no. I, mean, I think Delhi was great today. I think Delhi's going to be even better. And I think we're all expecting him and the son to have a really good season. And I do think that what we need to do, there was a time today when Son as well took a shot from outside the box. But what we need to realise is these players are stars, right? If you've got Kane, if you've got Delhi, if you've got Sun, if you've got Lucas running at you, you panic. We've got to start running into the box and just play like that and we'll, we'll get penalties. We'll just get fouls. And it's not a nice way to win, but they, we're going to make them panic. Like today, Toby almost brought down Richardson. He would have been sent off for that. We've just got to make them panic. We don't. We seem to just sit around and just wait for this perfect opportunity to come. But we'll have to find out today. It's a great point. It's a great point, Jake. I, I completely agree with that. I, I mean, you know, the, the amount of ability that we have in this, uh, maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe it's the way that Jose's telling to set up. But like you said, we've all seen the All or Nothing documentaries. He not once has said, sit behind, park the bus, don't attack. He's actually saying the opposite to them. He's actually saying, go after him, press high, make him make a mistake. I mean, there was a couple of times in the first half, I don't think he was in the second half, I don't think anyone turned up in the second half, but I think there was a couple of times in the first half where we did press high and we did win the ball back in, their, in the final third and, and then we didn't do anything with it and then we just went backwards with it. I just, you know, there is a bullet there. Just get some confidence, run at them. Stop taking four or five different um, touches, Lucas. Get the ball, drop a shoulder and go beat somebody. You've got pace to burn. Stop being getting fouled. Do you get what I mean? Like I, I agree with you completely, Jake. Like take a, take a risk, but in their penalty box, now get exactly. in there. Like, have some have some sort of hunger to want to score a goal. You know, I, I think you look at Kane. Uh, Kane is not immune from criticism. No, today he's not. No, not, you, not at all. It, it, yeah. you, you look at his touch map. I don't think he had a touch in no, their box. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, it's just not acceptable. No, Lee, I must ask you about the goal we conceded because you know it was a brilliant, you know, freaker that came in, a, a great header from Calvert Lewin. But you know, you look at it sure. and think, you know, number one, I know there's a case that we should have contested the free kick because the ball seemed to move further. Okay, fine. That we should have done. The players, you know, with Mourinho trying to drill in this mentality about, you know, being a bit more nastier and being a bunch of Cs, yes, we should be contested at number one. Two, it's a mistake. Okay. But three, you have to defend the set piece. You have to. I don't care about anything else. I don't care if it's more forward. You have to defend when that ball comes into the box. And my biggest worry, and I know Jason has said it a lot on this show, is the amount of times that Toby Ardeverald gets done in the air. And I'm understanding that, you know, Eric Dyer, he's not good enough as well. But it's a big, big worry, Lee, just the amount of times we are caught out from a set piece. And also, I tell you, Ardeverald, listen, I was pleased when he signed that new contract, but he showed a massive lack of pace in the first half by almost taking out Richarlison as he attempted to get Davis's misplaced first half pass. And he didn't even get off the floor, Lee, 
for the goal. I mean, how concerned are you about our centre-backs at the moment? Yeah, it's concerning. Look, like, like I said, I don't want to say, oh, I've been championed, Dinier, but I, I, look, anyone that listens to the pod knows that I have been. You know, I think he's got a brilliant delivery and he's another assist to say. It was a fantastic delivery, but you've got to not give the free kick away in the first place. They were, they were going nowhere. Again, it was a tracking back scenario to give away that free kick. And, and you just look at it and think, what, you know, what, it's another silly mistake. Okay, so we're giving away the free kick. Yen, there's no, no one pressing the ball so they can push it five metres up the pitch. So again, lack of concentration or lack of cohesion or the nastiness or whatever, you know, that, 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 that little bit of um, clever play. That, that didn't happen. Then we lined up and we lined up pretty well. And then you attack the ball as if you're attacking it to score. But instead of scoring, you're header it over the bar or header it out. But they didn't do that. And, you know, Calvert-Lewin got between both Dyer and Toby Alderweireld. It was a good, it was a good header. It was a fantastic um, uh, delivery. But it, it, you, can't, you can't concede and be happy. You, look, you're never happy to concede, right? But sometimes you, you, somebody scores a worldie against you. You have to put your hands up, don't you? And go, do you know what? That was amazing. And, and the ball was good. But the reality of the situation is that it was a set piece and you can't get done on a set piece. Defending-wise, you can't get done. Look, and here's the thing, like, Ledley King, the absolute legend, I love him to pieces, we all do, and he's, and he's there as the defensive coach and he's doing some stuff for him. You know, he, must be, he must be thinking, what, we've worked on that all week and, you, and, 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 it, and you know, the, the big fella, the Calvert-Lewin big fella comes in, bang, powerful header, and we get done from a set piece. I have to caveat my moaning tonight, right, listeners, because I'm sorry, you're not listening. We're all angry. You're not, you're not used angry. to me. No, I know, but angry. I have to caveat by saying, look, they, they, they had five attempts on target, right, and so did we. Mm. But our, our attempts on target were far more, um, you know, bigger chances than what they did. They had a couple of shots on the outside of the, you know, the box and so on and so forth. They had nine attempts outside, you know, not on target. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that Pickford made better saves than what, what Hugo had to do. Um, but, you know, we, and we had more possession, whatever that fucking means, because we lost the game. <laughs> but, the point, but, the point being, but the point being is that, you know, it was only 1-0. We didn't get battered. We played absolutely awful and we didn't get battered. So it's not as if right, it is the end of the world and it is only one game, as Rick uh, said earlier. So, so you know, th- there is some positives to take out of it in the sense of this will be that kick out that backside that, that Rick's dad uh, said before, sometimes a defeat is, is a good one. I'd also caveat all that by saying sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can start climbing back up the ladder again in life, in sport, in, w- in whatever it is that you do. And maybe this is that moment. Maybe this is that this is that sliding doors moment where Liverpool had that sliding doors moment when we absolutely battered them 4-1 at Wembley and, uh, and, and and they decided to go out and get Van Dijk and decided to go out and get Alisson and maybe this is our sliding doors moment. Maybe like um, Jake said earlier, we go and bring in a bail. Yeah. Uh, I have to mention him because I have to mention him every, every there pod. There you go, count one, you know, count, count one, is, count one. It is, but, but, but at the end of the day, maybe this is our sliding doors moment. He's yep. going to see, if we start, if we start seeing it start today, don't feel like it, does it? If, we, if, if the transfer window closes and we haven't improved this squad, mm. Brace yourselves, man, because the crazy train is going to get crazier. Well, the wheels are going to come off late at this rate, I tell you. There For won't sure, be mate. There, there'll be no instructor, Lee. There'll be no one driving the bloody train at this rate, I tell you, because um, it's massively worrying. I mean, Rick, coming round to you, I mean, I kind of already enforced at the start of the show my concern about Spurs' defence. And Eric Dyer, you know, he just only recently signed a new long-term contract. But for me, again turned too easily by Calvert-Lewin a couple of times, sloppy at the back in possession, also nowhere near the Everton striker for the goal. How worried, Rick, 
are you for the rest of the season if we don't bring another centre-back in? Is that a priority signing for you? Or do you think we've got enough in that area to cope? I would personally like another uh, centre-back in there. Um, just to shore it up. Because at the end of the day, like, Dyer isn't a centre-back. Like, yes, he's doing what he can do. And he's out there to prove himself as a centre-back this season. Maybe it's wiser to kind of put him in the second team's um, as a centre-back and maybe start Sanchez instead, who is a natural centre-back, who, you know, Ledley said that he was excited to work with. And, you know, and once we've got T- T- Tangango um, up up fit and running, you know, th- there's another exciting one there that can go in at centre-back or fill in at right-back when needed, you know. So um, I would love another CB in there, my friend. I would love a, a lot more signings, Ricks. I really would. Just, just because I, I t- today showed me that the, the the level of quality and sometimes bringing in like paying for some quality, you get some quality. And you know, like the midfield, I think showed that um, the kick up the backside is a great one. I think it's needed for all of them. Um, I saw. You know, like Endombele come on today. He didn't do much, but there was a little bit of zip in his shoulders, you know, in his legs a little bit. So I'll give him that, you know, and and we all know what type of player that he can be if if you know he's woken up and and the beast is unleashed for for you know Spurs and and the side. So there is so much more to come. Like Lee was saying, yes, it's, you know, it is only a 1-0 defeat. Mm. You know, if we would have scored the first goal, who knows? You know, yeah. if, if Doherty would have scored that goal or if Delhi would have scored his chance, you know, who, who, who would have knows? But the one yeah. thing that was really telling to me, though, Ricks, the one thing I've got to say before I forget, yeah. was Evan bringing on Moyes Keane. Yeah, yeah, at, so true. At, at whatever minute it was. I can't yeah. remember what minute it was at, but but that was massive because when Kane drops his head or when he doesn't look about it or when he's frustrated, to be able to have that luxury to bring on somebody who is ready to fight for, for their spot, their place, and is ready to fight for the team, I think is vital. And this is screaming out to the board and, and everyone at Tottenham what areas need investing yeah you know well we've seen Jose after the game also he's emphasized the point that he, he wants a striker needs a striker you know we've covered Spot that on, to some Spot degree on. um jake to come back round to you and um, you know we did see ben davis to be fair i don't want to keep going on about you know players you know the performances too much but he had a terrible overhit pass to richardson through after 16 minutes was fortunate to get away with it some very solid play at times and little quality going forward but i think defense as a whole We've kind of acknowledged that not everyone was good enough. It wasn't good enough as a whole. But one of the players that we had massively high hopes for, and we still do, we still hope he's going to be a great player for us, is Hoybier. Now, he was booked for a crunching challenge on Richarlison. Everton not happy, and he might have easily seen red for it. But, you know, as we've seen already, Jake, likes to kick people, picked up the yellow car for that crunching tackle, and a real busy performance. But he couldn't really have an impact on the game. And his passing was way off at times. Do you think, was he match fit, Jake? Was he match fit for this game? I, I don't think so. I think we were all expecting him because because it's unlike us, um, I think, really to sort of buy such sort of sensible signings that have got Premier League experience. I think we just thought he was going to walk straight into the team. I mean, he did he did too much walking, if anything. He just start running. But I think, yeah, I don't think he was... Um, I don't think he was quite match fit enough. I know that, like... Um, it must have been overwhelming. He obviously was probably also thinking, I'm pretty sure 
this team is better than this. So he's probably quite confused as to why he's having to do so much work. Um, I've got high hopes for him. I do think he'll come good. And I've got a good friend of mine who's a Southampton fan. And he, he says he's, he's one of those players who, you know, classically, he's not going to get you points in fantasy football, but he's going to do a job. Um, That's a pain. So he's, think... my, he's in my team, Jake. I fucking wish you told me that before again. You've had a shock. You've I better take him out now. Jesus, today, thanks for that. I should, have, I should have called you for the advice <laughs> before it. <laughs> but I, I, I think he'll come good. I, I think he's he'll be he'll be more important for us in away games than home games. Speaking of which, I know home games don't mean so much anymore with no fans there. I think those players are very lucky there was no fans there today. Mm. They'd have had a terrible time. Well, it's funny. Robert Reid actually sends a question in thinking, how loud would the boo have been if the fans were in the stadium? And to be fair, on the back of that performance, you know, you could imagine it would have been quite, quite loud. Lee, coming around to you, Harry Winks worked hard in the anchorman role, but alongside Hoybier, it was too much of a defensive partnership and he came off after the hour mark. I mean, Lee, I know you've got massively high hopes for Hoybier. We all have. You know, Winks, you've praised him a lot, one of our own. I just wonder, look at that midfield. There's nothing that screams out to me of real quality that's going to break down a team. And I know I keep referencing back to this point, and listeners, please forgive me. The needly for a central attacking midfielder, regardless what happens with Ndombele, regardless when Lascelles is here, I think this is a prime position that Spurs have to sort out if we're going to seriously look to compete this season. Whether that's top four, whether it's trying to go for a, a title or trying to win an FA Cup, the squad needs that position, doesn't it? I thought I thought the central midfield was poor, and I, and I think it was tactically down to tactics and lack of fitness from the players as well. You know, when you're playing against three three players right in front of you, um, as they were. I mean, I thought uh, Alan um, and um, Decore were excellent today. Uh, both new signings, both didn't need bedding in. One of them's got no Premier League experience whatsoever. Who, by the way, got man of the match. I think Winks and Hoiberg, uh, Hoiberg today were both poor, if, if I'm honest. But I think it was a it was a match fitness thing, but also a tactical thing. When you're going three v two in that midfield, it's going to be harder for them. I thought Decore and Alan were excellent for Everton. Um, Alan got ma- man of the match. Um, and he's never played in the Premier League before, and Decore was was very good as well. So you know, I, I think that um, there's a lot of improvement to do. I don't think they were match fit. Um, you know, to go back to what, uh, the question that you asked, Jake, the creative side of things, I haven't really been banging this drum at all on the creative side. And, and I felt that we, you know, when you look at again, I think Rick and, and Jake said this on paper. When you look at the, you know, we've got Bergie, we've got Lucas, we've got Delhi, we've got Kane, we've got Son. You know, Kane and Son are generally world-class players as well, right? both both of them. So you've got two, you know, you've got a frontline striker and a, and a forward and an attacking player, both of which world-class. You're kind of looking to yourself and saying, well, you know, actually, if we're solid behind that, you know, keep solid, keep, you know, do the dirty work, the winks and the hoiber and do the dirty work and then let the, the, the front four, the front three, go and do their business. And and it goes back to the point that Jake was saying before. It's like, you know, you go and have a run at them, get in the box, have a go, like, but, you know, have a shot, see where we are, but just don't seem to do that. So I think that, but today I looked at a creative midfielder and again, I go back to Delhi because Delhi, you know, we were more creative in the first half than we were in the second half. And Delhi came off, at the end at half time and didn't play in the second half. So is there a correlation there? I would say there is. So, you know, m- maybe we've got some a situation there where we need to an upgrade a creative midfielder as well. Um, look, by all accounts in the all, uh, the all or Nothing documentary actually kind of spelt this out where, um, you know, the, the Diabala deal was, was done 
but he didn't want to come. Or I think, you know, I think Alistair Gold, actually, friend of the show, actually uh, actually broke that news before. And, and he is, a, you know, a classic number 10. But I've always said, you know, Kane is, is a world-class number nine, right, in terms of his position. But he's also an absolutely fantastic number 10. So, you know, if the club go out and buy a Jimenez or a Danny Ings, somebody to kind of come in and challenge Kane... Not only is he, they're challenging Kane, not only are they playing when he don't need to play and he needs a rest, not only can they play in the same team uh, alongside each other, but they can also play with Kane dropping as a number 10 because he's bloody good at that at that role as well. If you look at some of the performances he's played with England, he's, he's kind of dropped a little bit deeper. Let the wide boys of uh, Jack, uh, Sancho and um, uh, or, or Sterling and uh, Sancho actually bomb past him and go forward and stuff. So, no, he hasn't always have to be that kind of n- number nine target man. Are, are you with me here, guys? Yeah. You've got to look here and look at the team and say, like, what where are our qualities? Look, I'm not saying that Kane's going to play a number 10 and, and not be our frontline striker anymore, right? Because he's world-class. But he can do a job pinging them balls. But even today, when he was pinging balls, they were going mispass places. Uh, passes, sorry. And, and it, you know, it's just unlike him, Rick, about, you know, people were may have to coronavirus who might have been ill. Mm. That's what it felt. I think that was the penny drop. When you said that earlier, the penny drop with me, it's like, oh, lasagna but gate. All, all, lasagna all, all gate reminded though, me of there was say, a lack of energy. All I would anyone. say, though, Lee, is that other clubs as well have suffered with players having coronavirus. And I'm not suggesting, you know, that, you know, um, we're immune to that as much as a club. But I do believe that other clubs also have suffered. And I just worry with Mourinho. Yeah, Listen, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm behind him. Mm. I want him to do well. You know, I do want him to be in, you know, I do want him to be in charge of the club. And God, watching that documentary... I think it's very hard to not sit there and say, look, the man wants the best for Tottenham. Will he get it out of these players? Honestly, I don't know. Well, but I don't if you know. Look with, I don't know. Again, so just it's the problems that we need to solve. If we, we can drop Kane back and play almost a number 10 on certain certain times, but we can't do that because we haven't got a genuine another number nine in, in, in the squad. And that's why we have to go out and invest in, a, in another genuine number nine. It gives us so many more options. So I think that we can... We've got some creativity in the team. You know, Lo Celso to come back in, Delhi when he's on form, Kane when he's dropping back when we've got another number nine. I think for me, if you were going, you, you can either sign a creative midfielder or a, a striker, I'd still be signing a striker. But of course, there's one man that solves all of them problems, right? And that is Gareth Bale. So get it done. Because he solves all of them problems. He can play anywhere he wants. As, as Jake said, he can probably bang goal. So let's get that done, Mr. Levy. <laughs> Listen, we hope so. There'll be business to be done with Tottenham. If anyone's listened to the show in the last hour, well, they can tell the passion there is for Spurs to operate during this transfer window. Now, just to finish up on some of the players' performances, Lucas Moore, as we mentioned, worked ever so hard. His control let him down so much through when Tottenham needed him to hold the ball. Hummin Son, he sent in a tantalising cross early on that was inches away from Harry Kane. He did set up Delhi for a chance on the 34th minute, but he was really ominous in the second half. And Harry Kane, as we definitively saw during this game, suffered from a lack of service, but yet again set up Doherty for a chance with a delightful chip pass. He sees so little of the ball, it's criminal. So, very difficult for Harry Kane on this one. Now, unlike Tottenham Hotspur making a real statement in the transfer market on the men's side, they really have pushed the boat out on the women's side. And Tottenham Hotspur have signed the USA forward and women's football icon, Alex Morgan. Alex helped 
the USA win back-to-back -back World Cup, scoring six goals in the 2019 tournament in France. A massive signing for Tottenham Hotspur. And we're absolutely delighted to have back on this show Anna from Spurs XY, our Spurs women's correspondent, who will be talking you through the impact of that signing for Tottenham and also how that elevates the women's game. Let's hear from Anna on the breaking news of Tottenham getting the signing of Alex Morgan over the line. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and I'm here to talk to you about Spurs Women's latest, very, very exciting signing and that's no other than USA co-captain Alex Morgan and when I say I am excited, I honestly could not contain my excitement. When the rumours were going out, I was already like, oh, no, 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 you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is impossible. And then when we actually signed her, I just, I can't remember the last time, if ever, I was this excited about a Spurs player, including the men's, because... Let's be real, I don't think we've really signed anyone this calibre. She is a two-times World Cup winner. She's an Olympic gold medalist. She's a Champions League winner. She's won titles in the French division. She's won, she believes, Golden Cups. She's won all kinds of American Cups and under-20s Cups as well. Like, she is a serial winner. Like, serial winner. And she's fascinating. If any of you watched a World Cup where USA absolutely dominated the game, like the field, they were just incredible, but Alex Morgan was on a whole other level. Like, honestly, her brand on her own, she's massive. Like, her following, her social media following exceeds the men's stats in certain places. Now, I'm not going to go into too many stats and stuff. You can find that out if you want to. But the brand itself is what I think is ex extremely exciting. It shows our ambition. Like, how have we gone from three leagues ago? When I started watching Spurs Women... We were playing in some championship team. We were playing against Blackburn, Rovers at Charlton's ground. And we were celebrating the fact that we won the league at the lane. And we were two divisions be below the top flight. And it was just, I mean, that was exciting on its own. But to think that now we've signed a World Cup winner, an Olympic gold medalist is is unbelievable. It's absolutely incredible. And I think this will really, really lift. It's put us on a massive, massive, like, alert like everyone will now know about Spurs I really hope obviously it all goes well with her like she does well she's coming from Orlando Pride we have two other players from there Kennedy and I'm not gonna I'm gonna butcher her name Zabrowski I'm, I'm so sorry but uh, but she's not the only one from Orlando Pride so you know she will feel welcomed and known but I think it's more just an ambition and it shows this move is now showing that Tottenham are serious about the women's team as much as they are the men's team. And unlike Liverpool, for example, who just don't care about their women's team, like honestly, their women's team isn't the best, um, that this is a brand thing. And obviously, well, I don't know how much Levy had to do with this, but honestly, the American thing is, is clearly a big pull for Tottenham, like with the NFL thing and all the deals we have around that. This is clearly a big, big marketing move as well. But on a footballing, just a pure footballing thing, the experience she has and she can bring to this team, she's, what, 31, I think? Um, obviously, this year we didn't have the Olympics, so that's pushed to next year. After that, we'll have the Euros. Um, we'll have another World Cup coming up. So there's a lot, there's a big influx of um, players coming. And Lucy Bronze has come back to Man City. So clearly, 
the WSL is where you have to be right now. And it's making it very exciting that not only did we have very good teams already, but we're challenging for it and Everton are up there as well. So there's a proper top five, six going on. And it's just, it's fascinating. And it's, it's really amazing seeing how the women's games just keep growing and growing. And, you know, the World Cup was just the first step. And since then, you know, the way we've had the, the North London derby at White Hart Lane last season. And now this is just, it's fascinating. And, and this is nowhere near. It's just another massive step, but it's not where Tottenham are. Like, it's not the, the top of the game. We're still, you know, we're still just climbing at the bottom of the mountain. We can easily reach the stars after this. So... If you can't tell already, I'm rambling because this is so exciting. Like, the ambition this has shown, she's not even set foot in the country yet, for crying out loud. Like, it's so amazing. And I think the hype is generated and hopefully it will attract more people from, you know, Spurs fans to watch Spurs. But I think it will attract non-Spurs fans, at least in the women's game, to come and watch more WSL games because she's fascinating. And, and you know, having these elite players, like... She'd be on par with, I don't know, it'd be like a Messi signing or Ronaldo or Ronaldinho. I mean, she's that amazing in, in my eyes, at least. Um, so that's what this means. And that how this is how impactful it is. I just really hope it works out because, you know, if you hype things up, it doesn't always work out. But um, fingers crossed it does because, you know, it shows ambition. And I'm, I'm so proud that to be able to support this team. And it's amazing how far the squad has come. I mean, um, Juan and Karen have been managing this team now for nine years and it's it's fascinating how much they've grown and how they've come up every little league and they fought their way up and they've gone through the, all the promotions and they've done it the right way and with the right ethos behind it and there's still a good team spirit and lovely humble people in there and it's just oh it makes me very proud to be a Tottenham Hotspur women's fan. So yeah, if you weren't already, I can highly recommend you start watching games from now on, especially because all the league games are available on the FA Player and, you know, we can't go to games right now, so might as well watch some extra football. But enough of that. I'm, I'm not sponsored by anything, so this is just me trying to encourage people to watch the women's game because I really love it and I think you'd enjoy it too. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little segment and come on, you Spurs. OK, we're here with Lucas. Uh, Lucas ended up 1-0 to Everton. I mean... Hopes were so high, weren't they, before this first game? So it's this is a, a tough one to take, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, very sad, very upset. The the the, the feeling is is very bad. Uh, it's not the best way to start the season. It's not the way that we wanted to start. Uh, I think we didn't do a good game. Uh, we could do much better, and uh, we need to do much much better. We gave them too much space, especially in the middle, and uh, we lost some opportunity that we had. And we, and we know that in this level we cannot we cannot lose uh, the opportunity that we we we, lo we lost. Um, but that's the game. We, we don't have time to cry. Uh, we have uh, another important game in three days. We need to be ready. And uh, of course, we are sad. But it's only the the, the first game of the season, uh, and for sure we will improve. The first half was close, Lucas, and we had two really good chances that Pickford saved. Do you think it might have been different if we'd have got the first goal rather than Everton? Of course, of course. Uh, like I said, uh, the game in this level we cannot uh, we cannot uh, lose uh, the opportunity that we the opportunity that we lost. Uh, and after we will pay very expensive for this because they 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 have quality players as well, and uh, they are very strong in the head. And uh, it was very difficult to to penetrate uh, uh, their defense. 
and uh, we didn't we didn't have any space and uh, that's what we need to do don't don't give them an, any space because we know that uh, we won't have space to play uh, but like i said we can do much much better uh, we have quality to do better and uh, let's do it in the next game yeah, what are the players saying lucas uh, we are all, all upset because we know that uh, was very important in this game. Uh, the first of the season is is, is very important to, to start uh, well, to start with three points. Uh, but that's that's the game. We need to, to look forward now. We, we, we cannot cry. We need to, to do better the next game. And uh, the most important that we know that we have quality to do better. And uh, I'm sure that we will. And the thing is... Because obviously when we go out to Plovdiv in Bulgaria for, for the Europa League, that's a, a game we, we cannot lose, that game. So we have to bounce back quickly, don't we? Of course, uh, it's, it's completely different. It's only one leg, only one game. Uh, if we lose, bye-bye. Uh, so we need to go there with this mentality with, uh, and uh, very strong in our mind. Uh, and go there to qualify because it's a competition that we want to win and we, we have quality to win. And uh, we cannot concede the same... Uh, we cannot make the same the same uh, uh, things that we did today. We need to do different. Uh, but let's let's rest now and uh, work the next three days and go there and uh, and uh, play to win. Okay, we're here pitch side with Jose. Jose obviously disappointing start, and I mean that goal sort of clinched the the win for Everton. Was a decisive moment in the game, really. Some decisive moments. Uh, first off. Uh, Della shot, uh, Doherty shot, uh, great saves. I think they were also decisive moments. Of course, the the goal is the top moment of the game. One game until the goal, where we had great opportunities, and in spite of a very difficult game, we were there, and we were clearly in some moments better than them. Uh, after the goal, there is a different game, a game of a team that is confident, is winning, uh, and a team like uh, like we were, with a little bit of uh, belief and a little bit of solutions. Yeah, I mean we played well in that first half. Just need to capitalise on them chances. And again, Bickford has made a difference here, hasn't he? Yeah, he made a difference. Uh, Ugo sometimes made make it for us. That's for the goalkeepers uh, to do that. And uh, Ugo today didn't have the chance to do that for us. The goal is of course un un unstoppable, and Pickford was there for them. What do you think of the performance overall? Not a very good performance, not a consistent performance, uh, not a performance that leaves me a very good feeling of uh, all of my players, they gave everything, all of my players were in the right frame of mind, all of my players were there really to to leave what you have and what you don't have. I don't go home with that feeling, I go home with the feeling that uh, some of the boys could do more. Is this one of those situations, Jose, when it's almost good that we've got a game coming up quickly now, put this behind us? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Honestly, it's good. Uh, there is no time to to be analysing too much this. There is no time to be crying a lot about this. It's more for the players to make a um, self-analyse of what they uh, they did, what they put in the game. But of course, tomorrow it's time to start looking to to our opponent in in Bulgaria and to forget this one. 
Now ahead of the game against Plovdiv, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the last word on Spurs, Matodi Shumanov, who is providing us with an expert eye on this game from a Bulgarian perspective. He's a Bulgarian football writer. He contributes to The Guardian, Sky Sports, 442, Revista, Penenka. So we're absolutely delighted to have Matodi talk us through Plovdiv. And after, we'll come back and provide you with our preview ahead of this Crunch Europa League game for Tottenham Hotspur. Hi guys, this is Metodi from Bulgaria. Thanks for having me on your show. Greetings from Sofia, where the Spurs team will stay ahead of their clash with Lokomotiv Plodiv in the Europa League later this week. Uh, so let's start with the probable starting lineup of Lokomotiv Plovdiv. Um, the preferred formation is 3 5 2, and um, the Probable starting lineup is as follows. Uh, in goal, there will be Martin Lukov, uh, the Bulgarian international. Three at the back, as already said. Almeida, Masuero and Milos Petrovic. And then five in midfield. Petr Vitanov, Parvis Umarbaev, Birsent Karageren, Josip Tomasevic and Lukas Salinas. And two up front, Dimitri Iliev, uh, who is Bulgaria's 2019 Player of the Year, one to keep an eye on. And he's the, the captain of Lokomotiv Plovdiv. He's also taking the penalty kicks and I'm yet to see him miss one from the spot. So he's really good when it comes to taking penalties. Mm, the other one is, uh, the other striker is Ante Aralica. And... Uh, uh, the Bosnian coach of Lokomotiv Plovdiv, Bruno Krapovic, uh, he wished uh, for his team to, to draw Spurs in the Europa League. Uh, it happened, so it's down to him to find a way to, to overcome the special one and his Spurs team. Uh, Akrapovic uh, says that uh, Jose Mourinho used to be uh, his idol in the job. Now he has uh, an uphill task, but um, he's certain that he can cope with it. Uh, as for Lokomotiv Plovdiv owner Hristo Krušarski, um, he, he says that his team will definitely beat Spurs and go through. Uh, he's prepared uh, champagne. Uh, he's put a lot of bottles on, on ice waiting for this historic win. As for Lokomotiv, um, they have won the Bulgarian Cup for the past two seasons and um, they have just won the Bulgarian Super Cup beating reigning champions Lulugorets. So they are in, in good form. As for the for the Spurs game, this will be the game of the decade for Lokomotiv, definitely. It's a pity that it will be played behind closed doors. Um, but um, near the stadium, uh, some Lokomotiv fans are organizing public viewing. So there will be fans uh, close to the stadium. They will be chanting, trying to uh, cheer their team up and uh, hoping, of course, for for a memorable win. So looking for my prediction, I will go with Lokomotiv winning 2-1. Sorry Spurs fans, but I really believe that with this being a one-legged affair and with the new Bulgarian season already in full swing, this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Lokomotiv. 
That's it from Bulgaria. My name is Metody Shumanov. Greetings from Sofia. Rick, there's not too long to dwell on that performance of that game against Everton because we are back in Europe this coming Thursday. Not in the tier of Europe we like. It's not Champions League. It's Europa League. It's a big qualifier for Tottenham. And you get a feeling now, Rick, it's actually a big, big game for the club. We need a reaction. We have to have a response on the back of this Everton game. What's your thoughts going into it and the kind of team we would expect to see? Well, for me, mate, it's a great opportunity to have some bounce back ability, you know, um, to put the wrongs right from the weekend, to, to, to show every single fan what they've been working on and what we can see, you know, and get excited about what's to come from this team. Um, it's a perfect team to do it against. It's going to be their FA, FA Cup final playing against us, so it's not going to be easy. So we need our heads in check and we need the players on the field that, that want to do do the business and and, sh and show up. You know, the, the one encouraging thing for me was uh, Mourinho's message to the fans before before the game started, in which he kind of addressed us all and kind of said, you know, I want to make sure that the boys know uh, you know what it's what it is to step on the field for us, and you know we're, we're going to go out there and and you know respect and re represent and 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 do what we can for you guys. Now we didn't see that today, um, but there's 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 a quick opportunity to to to, to show us uh, against this game in, in this game against against I can't say their name, Ricks. What, what's their name? Local Plovdiv. You're going to need to get used to some of these names, mate. We've got, you know, we have got Carabag to come. We've got Dynamo oh Donuts to gosh, come. Mate. Listen, mate, it's a reality check. We don't want to be in it for too long. Let's hope we get out of it soon. But you're going to have to start getting used to some yeah. of these names, mate. I might just call them Rodney because they sound like a plonker. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, I don't oh know. I'm God. sorry, bro. I'm what sorry. Locomotive. I'll remember yeah, locomotive. Just go right. loco, Rick. Right. You're going for the loco. loco. Go into the yeah. loco. Go for the loco. <laughs> I think we're all going loco, brother. Jesus, we need My to go God. loco after this game. I'll tell but you. Yeah, they need, they need to go loco on this team, mate. Yeah, they need to honestly. show us, man. They, they, they need to give us a bit of excitement. Exactly. They need to get us back up again to My get God. us ready because we've got a massive, horrendous schedule. Uh, ahead of us and we're going to need every single person in that squad to show up yep. so yeah. le let's see some rotation and let's see some let's see so let's see some fight yep. let's see what you're about Tottenham so true this, nine games in 18 days which also means nine podcasts in 19 days so guys oh, please mate. give us something to, to look forward towards please my god I mean Jake <laughs> let's come around to you trying to keep calm here trying to stay you know positive on the back of a real frustrating day as we all know Thoughts going into this one, Jake. Are we going to see a massive change in the team? Because if we're going with the same kind of team he put out against Watford in that pre-season friendly, I'm already concerned. And I'm also concerned if he's put out the same team we saw against Everton in terms of a passion perspective and in terms of players knowing their jobs, organisation, individual errors. I mean, what kind of team, Jake, are we expecting? Would you like to see Ndombele start, for example? You know, a lot's been made of Ndombele not playing. Would he be getting a start for you in this one? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that they've got to, and you know, Mourinho has come out and said um, that we can uh, we can believe in him, and he wants to put the effort in. So this is a great chance for him to show us. And I think, I mean, personally for me, I think this is the chance to do do you know, especially with what we've got coming up, to leave players at home and don't have them travelling. And it's a great chance for Joe Hart to play. And I think that's why we had to sign in like him, because we can we can put him and, and Gazaniga out there. I think Undambele, I think um Sessignon, if he's fit, he goes out. I think enough to also not only just to rotate, 
but also to warn these other players that nobody, especially after today, nobody's name is definitely on that sheet. And I think that it's probably a good chance to show them that actually you've got to work for your place if you want these games. And I know probably not everyone dreams of playing for uh, playing against Rooney, but I reckon they've got to just... I don't know, yeah, you've got to change it up. You've got to keep got it exciting. To. And we've got the players to do that now for the first time. But uh, prediction-wise, you know, I'd like to think we'd go out there, we'd bounce back. Mm. And the the massive optimist in me would say, you know, go out there, 4-0 win, hat-trick for Bale. Yep. But, uh, you know, we'll Hatch see. hat Bale, my God. You, you are a brave man, Jake. Thinking at Spurs, imagine, imagine, oh, thinking at Spurs are going to do Bale imagine, in the space of four it, days. Good luck with his Tottenham team. God. Yeah. And, and, and also, imagine Levy bringing Bale back in his first game as a way to plot uh, to him. Modney. Couldn't make it up, could you? Imagine that. Sticking away to Plovdiv. Oh, he's, he's on 6-2-5 a week. He's playing golf in Spain for the fun of it. He's got, God knows what he's got he's out there. He's going to play Rodders. He's playing Rodders on, a, on, on TV <laughs> Quest channel. I mean, you couldn't make it up. I'm saying Quest. I'm not even sure the game's televised at the moment. We'll have to wait and see if it's even going to be televised. <laughs> I mean, Lee, let's ask you coming around to you to kind of yeah. close this show. What kind of team are we expecting, Lee? Because we need a response. You know, I honestly think, bearing in mind of that Everton game, you know, will that dictate or maybe change his mind in terms of the team that he would have put out? Because you do feel now, from a confidence perspective, we need a result here. We need a result. It has to be a respectable and real decent result to prove a point, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very difficult um, in a sense of... The you know to be really positive in my normal self today because of because uh, of the result today, but as Jason always says on the show, you know you you can't look too far ahead. You know you've you, you know your your starting lineup changes because you've got another game. So you know this this is a this is a massive game for us. We travel in a midday a midday game in the Premier League coming off the back of Rodney. So you know for for me I, I was I was listening to lads and I'm thinking to myself yeah I'd probably put the same team in or no I'd change it completely I think I'm going to hear you know I'm not sure what to do I think personally go with a completely different team and and I wouldn't have them travel like and their mothers they can sit on there and they can stew it over their minds for the next week so they are freaking raving to come out against Southampton and put the wrong that they did today right and in the week we 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 trust the the you know the squad that we've got. In a, in a sense of we've, you know, uh, Doherty, Toby Alderweireld, Dyer and Davis, do do any of them need to actually go? Right? I, I mean, I don't know. M- maybe maybe some of them do. But but actually, what you've got to do, you've got to probably not take Kane, not take uh, Delhi, or maybe you take Delhi. you don't take Son, you don't take Kane, you don't take Lucas. He, he needs to change it up for sure. Look, I don't get paid 15 million a year to make these decisions. Jose does, and it's, it's now at his doorstep. But I would personally be looking, like Jake said, taking a Sessignon, uh, getting some d- time definitely for Undombele, getting some time if Lacelso can uh, get fits, you know, get some of these players. I'd probably take Hoiberg just on the basis that, um, you know, he probably needs another game in his in, in his legs because he looked really unfit uh, for me today. You know, you probably take us a Soko, you know, a Lamella. We didn't see Lamella today, did we? Serge Aurier, you know, you got uh, Joe Hart in goal. I mean, come on, this is Rodney we're talking about. You know, this, this, you know, we should be playing. We should, be, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant because everyone was saying this about Everton. Oh, they never beat us. Look what happened today. But the point, the point is, man, come on, this is plod div, right? They, they, they need to be just swept away. You know, go over there, take care of business, come home and get into the next round and focus as well for uh, for the weekend. Because if we go to Southampton, who, by the way, beat us last year, as we, uh, last season, as we all know, if we go to, if we go to Southampton and don't get three points, we are we are 
in a situation in the Premier it. League. Lee, let's not think about it. Uh, it's true though, isn't it? Let's it's not think true, about it. Right? Yeah, we've got yeah. to go there positive yeah, yeah, yeah. and we've got, got to. To, we've got to get a result to. in Rodney and yeah. we've got to get a result in yeah. I mean, Lee, Which I think we do. Lee, you I'll know people love you so much on here. I mean, the worrying thing is that, you know, when Lee McQueen is not of a positive mind frame, then we have to be worried. I know you are the most positive I person. I know in 48 I, hours, you're 20 hours, you'll be fine. I know you'll be fine. It's no, just... no. I, but the thing, the thing is, Rick, i tell you what it is with me. Mm. It is the attitude of the of players. That is what it is yeah, with me. It, yeah. is, it is so frustrating because they have, they have ability. You know, we've talked about this. All of them, a lot of them, most of them, right, if not all of them, have ability. And we can have, I've had a go at all of them today, right? So sorry, lads, if you're listening or whatever. The point being is, it is an attitude. It is a team effort. And today wasn't a team and it wasn't an effort either. And if, if you are real, lads, if you have been saying whatever, then okay, fair play to you. But you've got to put more in than what you did today. And that, for me, is why it's so frustrating, Rick, and the lads and the listeners. Because you know all of them players are better than what we saw today. And that's why it's so disappointing. I totally agree. Listen, let's go to predictions right. before any of us top ourselves. Uh, right, we've got to, we're going to start with Jake. Jake, let's start with you. Debut into the show. It will not be your last time, Jake. I promise you this season. We're going to get you back on because um, oh, very nice unlike, some of our, unlike some of our debuts, it has been a bloody good one. So let's try it and positive. What's the prediction going into Plovdiv? I can't have just said that. Plovdiv. What, what's the prediction? So my prediction is they're going to be so up for it. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Rodney, they'll be up for it. So they'll Rodney. get, I think they'll get a goal. They'll score and we'll, and then we will, Mourinho will work his magic and won't make the mistakes he made at halftime um, today. And I think we'll win 3-1 and I'm going to go for Lamella and um, I reckon, yeah, I reckon Lamella just to have a, a great game. I think it's the sort of game he would love to prove himself at, and he loves a battle like that. It's going to be a bit of a battle, I think. It's going to be, I think they'll be getting stuck in, and uh, Lamella loves that. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's go around to Ricky J. Norwood. Ricks, again, I've tried <laughs> to find us, right? I, I, I'm not joking, right? And the build up to this show, all right, okay, it's the first game of the season. I've got to find a positive panel. I'm WhatsApping Ricks. It's got to happen. I'm getting Ricks on. Whatever the time, we're going to make it happen. I bring him on for this. And I'm so sorry. I just keep apologising. I keep apologising. I didn't apologise to my wife it, it, earlier. I said, I've got to go and do this. I just can't believe what I'm going to do at the mate, moment here. It, it, it's no way. Look, mate, we've got Rodney out of it. I mean, like, I mean, listen, if that ain't a good is that, is that going to be good enough? I mean, what's the result going to be, Rick? What is the result going to be? Right, so this is what's going to happen, Ricks, all right? I'm going to let you know, all right? This is what's going to happen. First half, all right? Rodney's going to go. Three goals to one up, right? But what's going to happen at halftime? Oh VAR is going to come in with the check and they're going to rule out two of their goals, right? So it's yeah. going to be 1 1 at halftime. Yeah. And then in the second half, we're going to dominate and finish them 4 1. All right, that's what's going to happen. So Blimey. Rodney are going to think they're ahead, but yeah. they're going to be two steps behind. Let me tell you. There you go. We're get, we're, even despite an awful day at the office, we're, we're, we're close to getting a full panel. We're going for a win. What is going on? I mean, it is Rodney, it is Plovdiv, so we have to put it in perspective. Right, OK. I'm going to go for 3-1 Tottenham. I think, you know, we will do our job. We will get the result. It won't be pretty, but we'll get it done. I do want to say we'll start fast, but then I'm even lying to myself that we'll start fast. Lee McQueen, let's finish with you. What is the result going to be in Bulgaria, in Plovdiv, against Rodney? Give us your verdict. I think that we will... I think Lamella will play and have a good game. I think Cesc will score. I think he'll play and, and, and score. And I think we'll win 3-0. I think we'll keep a clean sheet because I think that we'll go two goals up pretty early and then we just play on the counter and it'll be a nothing game. That, that That's what I think. 
Look, I, I do back the boys and I back, I back Spurs. We all do and we want them to do well. But they have to take a look at themselves after tonight and get better. And I think they'll do that on Thursday and again on, on, on Sunday as well. Come on, you Spurs. Make it happen. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Plodiv. <laughs> See you later, boys. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting down. Guys, thank you ever so much for taking the time out to listen to us in a real difficult show. We are going to be back with you later in the week, looking back at Plovdiv. I can't believe I'm having to say that name. Looking back at Rodney. I mean, listen, let's hope we only played them once. We should only play them once if we get the result right. Fingers crossed. I've got to say my thanks to Lee McQueen, who Lee will be championing us through this epic next nine to 18 days. We've got rotational guests coming on. We're going to keep our regulars ticking over. Lee, thank you so much. We've got some special one-off shows also to come. So lots to come, Lee, isn't there? Lots to come. Yeah, there is, mate. We've got some really good shows coming up. And again, you know, I apologise for, for not being optimistic. But like, like you said you right at the top of the up. show, I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to dress you it up, mate. dress it up. And that's where we are. But look, love it. Thanks for all the great messages and stuff on, on, on Twitter. And, well, mostly, yeah. um, before I get called a clown. Caveat, mo- um, caveat yeah, mostly uh, in there. Definitely caveat mostly. Brilliant. Yep. No, no, for sure. The wonderful sure. Lee McQueen there. And also, back by popular demand, the wonderful Ricky J. Norwood, who, to be fair to Rick's, bless him. I mean, I don't know, you've done this for me, Rick. I really appreciate it, mate. You're an absolute diamond. No, listen, my pleasure. And let me say uh, to you, Lee, and all the boys there at Last Word on Spurs, a big thank you to all of the hard work that you boys have oh, been putting in. Diamond. Do you know what I mean? All the shows, all the hours, all the editing, oh, all the tweets, diamond, all of mate. the stuff. Let me just say thank you <laughs> on behalf of every single Spurs fan out there. Bless you, mate. And you know what? The boys might not have turned up today, but we sure did, man. What a show we're about. Yeah. And I'm ready whenever you need me, bro. Look at that. The wonderful Ricky J. Norwood there, you know, giving us that kind of exemplary recommendation. Unbelievable. The wonderful Ricky J. Norwood in the last one on Spurs. Always a pleasure. Ricks, absolute diamond. Thank you for so much. We'll love, be back guys. in touch with you throughout the season. Always love. And a wonderful debut from the stand-up comedian Jake Lambert, who, to be fair, comedic or not, tonight, we've had a... We've had, a, we've had our best shot, Jake, of trying to look back at it, mate. And I thank you so much for coming on. But a pleasure having you. And we'll have you back on definitely this season. Oh, mate, thank you. That's the, that's the good news I needed today. Um, <laughs> that's, if yeah, wanna, honestly, that's if you want to come back, Jake. Uh, yeah, doing don't this get again. on after another defeat. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, come I'll on after Rodney. I'll number now, but thanks. I mean, mate, I will, I will pencil you in for either West Brom or who else can I pencil you in for? West Ham, maybe? Don't pay... Not West Brom, uh, okay, mate. Yeah. Be, like Jake said, that'd be a 1-1. Yeah, sorry, 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the wonderful Jake Lambert. There you go, last word on Spurs. Well, as I said, guys, we are back with you later in the week. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the therapy. It's free. And as always, keep the faith. Come on, you Spurs, on, please. You Spurs. Please. You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen so much coverage. Twitter, Instagram. If you make a lot of noise, I give one more day off. What happened to us this season is impossible. Another injury is the last thing Spurs need right now. How do we do that? Tottenham are out. 
we are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. Well, the team and good guys, but good guys, they never win. Play aggressive. How is the rat? Hey, please. And believe that you can win. Courage, honesty, friendship. That's the most important thing in life and in football. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.